This looks really good. You're happy with the sound uh, levels? Yeah, the sound levels are yeah. fine. Yeah, Yola's chief technician. You yeah. know. You missed your calling. He CTO. did. What was it? Vice president? Okay, we made up names for ourselves yeah. today. So you're the vice president of something at technology and innovation, innovation. I believe. Vice yes. president of technology yeah. and innovation. Yeah, and I'm the vice president of talent management. Who's yeah. the president? Yeah. Uh, we, we don't know. No. <laughs> I, I think Who's the CEO? Our, Would you like cats. to be one? <laughs> one of our cats is the CEO. Yeah, we're thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're thinking. I think Frank, actually. I'll give Frank. you two of my cats then. I like, them, I like you, Frank. You can let them so. be it. Yeah, we're, you know, we, we haven't really thought they're that They're feral far and they're feisty. All right, this is great. So it's working well. Uh, shall we start? Yeah. Okay. You, you do, are you going to start? One, two, three. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast. The best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, Keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And this is Dr. Susan Little. Who's already laughing. <laughs> I am. And we're not laughing because of our next guest. <laughs> or maybe we are. Or yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah, so. Yeah. so our next guest is a, a very famous person again. Who, Once again, who did you get? it's a yeah. very famous person. <laughs> well, you have to be because we only get very famous people oh, on this okay. podcast. No, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. since you couldn't find one, you invited me. Yeah, we, yeah. 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 so. We were scouring the hall. Oh, there's yeah. Joe. We so I went down to the bottom of the elevator, and there was Dr. Joe Burgess. At the bar. Yeah. So I said, hey. Which is a rare occasion. <laughs> At the bar? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Never happens. Oh, the, that might be a good point to tell him the rule. Oh, the rule. There's a rule. There is one rule. We're not doing shots, are we? <laughs> well, <laughs> that will be good. Well, <laughs> we do. hold on for a minute. As a matter of fact, so if you see, say, the D word, like in bold D, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you so can't say the D word. You can't say the D word because every time you do, you, you have to give us a drink. a drink. Oh, the D. Okay, oh, I was like the got, D. Dot, no, no, the, the D word. <laughs> the D. I, well, I couldn't figure out the D he's, dot he's dot. Like, you know, I got it. I got yeah, it. Yeah, I got yeah. it. Okay. It the antithesis Joe of C dot dot. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to find <laughs> yeah. your way around yeah, so. if you need to describe that species. So that's can the I challenge. say anything but D? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. You can talk about the tools like canines. Okay. That's yeah, right. that's acceptable, but I would yes. prefer a more inventive approach. Yes. We've had, so we've had um, interview, interviewees yes. where many. I'm sure they owe us like many bottles yes. because, yes. you know, and then, and then Stan Marks, and Stan Marks, who set the bar very high and didn't stumble once. once. Okay. So, so that's your Well, that won't be me, but I'll come up with ways around that so okay. I can throw in references to Ds, you can. but not you can't say, say a D word. That's yeah, so the deal. You can, you can almost say it and then retract it. That's that's okay, too. That's okay, too. But, you well, know, we've got I the could take say replay. God and just say I'm dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that sounds like a problem. Nobody's done that before. So this is the famous Professor Joe Barches. Tell us about yourself a little bit. What would you like to know? The, from start to the finish. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. So I was born a poor... Preferably in about two minutes. Okay. Uh, so uh, my name is Joe Barges. I am a professor of medicine and nutrition at the University of Georgia. Uh, I am from West Virginia originally, born, bred, and raised. A uh, graduate of Marshall University and did my veterinary training at the University of Georgia, which is how I know Dr. Kirpenstein, because yeah. we were students together. I know oh, we were. were. Yeah, that's fourth year students. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew so you were both at the same school, but I yes. didn't know you were students. At yes. Yes. Ah. yes, I was in the famous class of '87. Uh, 1987. The plot thickens. I know. And uh, then I did my internship and residencies in medicine, nutrition, and a PhD and a postdoc. 
at the uh, University you know, of Minnesota. An underachiever all around. I didn't want to pay my loans back. <laughs> and, uh, and I was running from the law. And uh, then I was on faculty at Georgia from 1994 to 97, and then faculty at Tennessee from 97 to 2014. Yeah. And then I uh, left Except academics. child, he almost came back. I, I did, 30 mm. years later. Then I left uh, Tennessee, actually, and went to the Cornell University Veterinary Specialist, which is a private referral practice owned by Cornell University in Connecticut and was there with an appointment at Cornell. And I was there for a couple of years and then uh, decided to come back to academics more robustly. And so I uh, came back to the University of Georgia in 2016. And there you be. The and circle is round. <laughs> 30 years later, I I'm back to where I started. I have to tell you one story about me coming to Georgia as a fresh Dutch student. Okay. So the first time, and I, I remember I was in community practice with, what's the lady's name? Oh, uh, it was... Um, she was a staunch Republican. I yes. Um, a staunch Republican. Oh, I so, can see her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, long brown hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So whatever. It, she will come back. But... So she pushed me into a, you know, in the receiving area to, yeah. for the first, uh, and there was a guy, in, you know, in Georgia, uh, typical Georgia, comes in a truck, uh, you mean dogs typical in the Georgia. Bag, That's uh, rather, you know, uh, no, 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 but I mean, it, 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 we're getting graphically important. He had teeth, so he was he, wearing shoes. He was, he was talking to me, and I could not understand a word <laughs> he said. A word he said. So I was, I was like, so I went in, he started talking, and I said, one second. So I ran out. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, someone needs to help me. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't from Georgia either, and you had some pretty good accents, especially from deep South Georgia. It was tough being from West Virginia even. So. It, it, I think it, it, he was the other way around, though. Maybe he didn't understand you all that well Well, I'm either. sure that's true also. Yeah, right? We didn't I understand him, yeah. so but we, yeah, we, there we you liked go. him. There you go. So, Still not sure I understand him. But. It, hey, hey. Yes, exactly. I, I can see there could be some good stories yeah. that we may there, there, there need are, to repair yeah. to the you bar know, later. We, we will have oh, to we talk were, about no. No, we were. Oh, you were, we were pure as a driven studi- snow, oh, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We were studious. We yeah. never partied. We only studied. I see that in you today, yeah, even. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Katsu. Katsu cooler. Yeah, Katsu cooler. That comes. Uh, that is part of the study process. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It sounds Parties. awful. I sort of remember Katsu coolers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about that. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of the Katsu coolers. You know, the developing brain is very sensitive well, to, you know, yes. damage, no. certain damage. No. So You know, though, it's doing, that's okay. Because if you do that and you destroy brain cells, it's actually it's evolution. You're... Weeding out the weak brain cells so the strong <laughs> ones can take hold. So that, that's, uh, I'm gonna hold on that's to how that. people become intelligent. Yeah. I'm going to hold on to that. I love that. Yeah, love that, that. Will, so, that will sustain so, me. So, Joe, what do you have with cats? What do you do with cats, Joe? Oh, there's a question for you. Uh, besides living with them? Yes. Or them living with me, I suppose? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I, I have two, we have two cats. Um, they were feral yeah. kittens. Yeah, feral kittens. That, they were. Um, we, on the campus, we, right? No. When, no. We, when we moved back to Georgia, we moved into an apartment. And uh, yeah. In this apartment complex, there were these feral cats. Right. And so, we spent a lot of money um, buying traps and catching them and testing them, feluking them, and vaccinating them, neutering them, and releasing them because they were feral. Uh, the mother of all, the matriarch, the only adult female in the neighborhood, uh, happened to be pregnant. We could not catch her because she was very smart. Yeah. And she had eventually delivered three kittens. And so it took us a while. We finally caught the three kittens. And uh, so we kept them, uh, male, uh, female and two males. 
Stevie Ray and Vaughn. Um, <laughs> and so Stevie's the female because he could be Stevie Nicks as well. <laughs> so we can only keep two, so we kept Stevie and Ray. Yeah. And then we finally caught mom um, and, and got her fixed and then released her. So they pretty much run the place. They have more toys, more food, more than you, clothes, right? yeah, more. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. here we have a nutritionist talking about, so they have plenty of food? So they're obese or they're... Oh, no. Mm. So what we feed them is a variety of diets designed for diabetes and critical care. So they're high-protein, low-carb diets, a mix of dry and canned, mm. and we make a homemade diet, and so we use a mix of... Homemade, they get chicken and kale or salmon and kale. They like kale. My goodness, they're eating um, better than me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Holy uh, And so we do that twice a day. They get a raw egg with cream every few days. Oh my goodness. And then we have time feeders where we put in little crunchy stuff and treats. And then they have. To- um, do they have like food puzzles? They have food puzzles designed for the other four-legged furry thing ah. that people often own. That, but that's because they figured yeah, out the cat toy oh. so so easily. Uh. So these other food puzzles, they're on level three. No kidding. Uh, and they can do all the things that the canids yeah. could do. Yeah. Oh wow. And huh. uh, and they're good. They they learn very quickly. That's um, awesome. So yeah, we've got two dozen, three dozen food puzzles, toys balls that go around in circles laser things that turn on and no they're they're lean they you pick them up they are all muscle they have yeah. very little body fat they're the way that cats are supposed to be oh yeah, yeah. they're lean machines they have yeah. a lot of climbing and they do a lot of hunting and we play lasers and stuff and and um even in an apartment man they're very active and very, so they rain the house oh yeah absolutely you know i i think we forget what cats are supposed to be like mm. right because as as veterinarians we see a lot of cats that are not really like cats. well you know when like you look cats. at them you go well they kind of look like average cats but when you pick them up then you realize they're all muscle yeah they're, they're really yeah they're really um really impressive and stevie is this gray long-haired and ray is black short-haired and so it's hard you look at her and she kind of looks fat Until you realize, like you pick her up and she has all fluff with all of this muscle. Yeah. They are just yeah. yeah. Most cats we see are not like that, right? No. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, th- I think veterinarians um, like a lot of pet owners. Our perception of what is normal in a cat has been skewed, right? Skewed towards these sort of you know less muscle, more fat. Yeah, more like right? yeah, yeah. couch pillows. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but they're you know they have their bursts of energy and then they go off and sleep for a while and then they burst burst again whatever neurons fire fire <laughs> and um, but the variety I mean they like dry they like can they like the homemade they... the Wind Feline Foundation has been funding cat health studies for 51 years. If you have a cat or have ever treated a cat, nearly everything we know was once funded by this nonprofit, totaling about $6.5 million. From understanding retroviruses, FELV and FIV, to more recently targeting gene defects responsible for HCM in the Ragdoll and Maine Coon breeds. The Wind Feline Foundation Pet Memorial Program offers veterinary professionals an opportunity to reassure clients that their beloved cats have not been forgotten. And those dollars support health studies that benefit the lives of all cats. Contributions totaling $150 or more receive a certificate suitable for framing or display in your clinic. Imagine being able to treat kidney disease more effectively, using stem cell therapy to cure stomatitis, or drugs to treat FIP are actually within grasp. 
consider your support in telling your clients about the WinFeline Foundation and a free newsletter at winfelinefoundation.org. So, so why, why the homemade? I, I don't know, if I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm not sure I've talked to many nutritionists that feed homemade. So we did it for a couple of reasons. One is you we're nutritionists. You have to realize there's two in one That's house. True. That's true. That's true. There's two. So, and, and I will admit that it isn't me who does the homemade diet. <laughs> uh, Donna does. She wanted to do it. In part because we formulate homemade diets. And of course. So hmm. we, she figured, we figured it out. We sat down and did all the math and the calculations. So the homemade diet is basically meat and vegetable. And it has a vitamin mineral source, has omega-3 fatty acids, a probiotic. And we mix it with basically half and half with commercial, a, a variety of commercial dry and canned. So they get canned food mixed in with the homemade food. Uh-huh. And then the dry food is used as treats yeah. and are on the feeders. Gotcha, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so the feeders pop yeah. you know, every so often. Yeah. And, but mm. they're ridiculous. I mean, they have one where they have to spin the thing and the food falls out. And they, as soon as you put it in there, they're pounding this thing. <laughs> uh, and then the one that is one where there's a peg. There's a drawer and a peg. They have several drawers with pegs in them. Let's take the peg out and pull the drawer out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they, they learn that I right know away. lots of people who wouldn't learn that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm well, the, I think the part of it is their mother was so smart. Uh, it is so smart. It yeah. took us forever to catch her. In fact, we had yeah. one of the traps... We ended up getting bigger and bigger traps because she learned to not get caught. Yeah. And so we'd put the food out on the in front of the trap, and then she'd come and eat it, and then she'd bring the kids in, and we'd work it into the trap, and we'd work it all the way back to the end of the trap. We could have probably caught a bear in this trap because <laughs> it was so big. But it's like there's no way she can't set this trap off uh, because the food's in the very yeah, end. Yeah. And so we came out one morning, and the bull was out front of the cage. And didn't let the, I'm like, how did she do that? So we got a camera to see how did she do that, like an infer, like a nighttime thing. And we put it up, and we did it again. And what she did was she'd go to the back of the cage, and she'd reach through and, with, and push the bowl, and then work her way down yeah. and just push it down until the it cage until it was all the way up, until she could reach in through the opening and pull it out that without setting off the trap. smart oh, yeah. cat. Yeah. And that's where they got their intelligence yeah. from. Yeah. But it sounds like quite an investment in these uh, two feral kittens, right? Um, <laughs> Time, money. I Probably in- <laughs> a car, a new car's worth of, of, of catching cats, yeah. new fixing cats, yeah. losing cats, oh, yeah. these kittens, yeah. and, and, now, and all and of this stuff. And now feeding cats and buying toys for cats. Yes, and then we have to keep buying new toys because they figure oh it out so quickly. Gosh. We have to come up with something that excites them. Oh my gosh. So so there's a, a certain downside to living with really smart cats. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you yeah. learn you're not as smart as yeah. you think. <laughs> and, and that um, they do pretty good on their own. They're, yeah. they're pretty self-sufficient and you're kind of there yeah. Yeah, at their whim yeah, yeah. rather exactly. than you know them yeah. actually entertaining you yeah. rather than they're entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So you are both an internal medicine person and a nutrition specialist. Yes. So what are the topics in cats that intrigue you? So as an internist and as a nutritionist, but in particular, sort of my subspecialty, it's all about urine. So, you know, it's gold it for a reason. I know it was. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I think we knew where this was going. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and so I do and have done a lot of research in various urinary tract diseases, but also some in, in, in obesity and some other nutritionally related diseases. And, and we're very interested in, in working on things, looking at microbiome and food processing and 
um, how different types of food processing can impact metabolic pathways mm. in the microbiome. It, it is the, it's the current thing, huh? I don't know if it's the current thing or not. There's very little published on it. Ah, I agree with you there, but everybody's talking about it. Mm. Microbiome, everybody's, everybody's interest, talking right? about it. Yeah, um, uh, uh, yeah there's yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of crap out yeah. there about yeah. the microbiome. <laughs> and, um, no pun intended. No, no pun very much intended. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. some of the other stuff we're doing, there's not much out there. Yeah. The, the idea of processing and And the impact. impact. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which when you think of it makes sense, right? I mean, it should make sense that there's going to be variations. Uh, variations and reasons to have to, to, to supplement foods that are very processed. And then the question becomes, as we've developed the techniques, and I have a doctoral student who's working on that in, in the other group Species. of other animals. <laughs> uh, but I have another one that's starting that is going to be working with cats. Yeah. And um, the impact on disease and in particular management and prevention of it. Um, and timely enough, there was just an article published in the American Journal, or the Journal of American Medical Association about uh, last Monday um, that looked at 45,000 adults in France and they looked at the processing of food and mortality and hmm. people, adults who ate 10% more of what they called ultra-processed foods had a higher all-cause mortality by about 16% or so, I can't Ooh, remember exactly, than the ones bit. who didn't. And uh, like ultra-processed are like... Can you ma- name an yeah, example? Like what, yeah, what ultra-processed are, are the, what they mentioned in the... I haven't re- had a chance to get the whole... that uh, was reported on on a news station and I read that and then went and found the abstract, but ultra-processed are talking about um, uh, carbonated beverages, um, um, uh, flavored beverages, um, um, ready-made mm. t- uh, pasta dishes yeah. that you mm-hmm. just like throw in the, yeah. so the that are already cooked and yeah, then recooked. Right, right. Um, right. The more uh, convenient breakfast bars, uh, oh, um, uh-oh. those uh-oh. kind of things. Yeah, uh, there <laughs> was a whole list of what they was uh, what they grouped into this. So. You better check that out. Well, so that's what keeps me going between lectures. You know, when you've got ten well, minutes between talks. Well, it isn't that like, it isn't that you have to give it up totally. Yeah. it's just you have to be it's a proportion. Yeah. And it was once you had. M- used it more like they always ate processed pre-made lunches dinners yeah. and every TV day. dinners and stuff like that every yeah. day every meal that yeah. it was the problem it's, it's yeah. interesting to say that because if you see how some people eat mm-hmm. it, it cannot be healthy no. i mean it, it, that's that's i mean it's a no-brainer there um but you know then and 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 so it's all about balance right um and and it's not for nothing that as a kid, you get taught these mm-hmm. are the things that you're supposed to eat, right. and at the end, you probably eat all the other things that you're not supposed <laughs> yeah. to eat. So, yeah. but, uh, a glass of red wine a day is good. Yeah. A gallon of red wine a day yeah. is probably not so good. Maybe not. <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of these 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 studies, um, it is so difficult to study because yeah. there's so many factors that play yeah. a role. So you you hear okay, it's good to drink a glass of wine, right. but then your next study that comes out says it's not good to drink. Yeah, a glass you of have wine. to interpret it in light of everything, but. Yeah. When you have a study with 45,000... Yeah, gets, which we could never even dream could never of, right? ...do yeah. in veterinary medicine, yeah, but it makes it a little with, bit more... Even with 45,000 people, you have 45,000 variables that are... Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you have genetics, because, mm-hmm. this, again, this was out of France, so yeah. you've got a genetic, a geographic... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, how much is 10% more? Well, it depends on what their base diet is. True. Um, and yeah. 
does that mean they're eating half of their foods as this, or they're only eating 10% of their foods as this, or something? And so and there's a lot of factors. I had an eye opener once, so I went to a biphosphonates uh, seminar, mm. a human biphosphonates, and they had studies that had 40,000 people, 50,000 people, and they were still not able to answer yeah. the uh, questions that they wanted to uh, Yeah, but I think when you get to that point, you kind of go, if it takes that many, yeah. then the effect was probably not that big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. Probably. That, you know, thousands of people or thousands of individuals in a study, for what we do in veterinary medicine, mm. where it's... 20, 20, yeah, 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, think, we think 100 is a big and, study, and then, right? And then we're yeah. really 40 good. cats represent the 90 million, million. or whatever. You and know? then we're yeah. really good in making really strong statements oh, absolutely. because of those. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then we look at the And we don't repeat anything, so we have one study. Yeah. Yes. yeah, but it's the nature of our environment. I mean, it's the nature of... Well, it's of, just reality of, it's a reality. of yep. not having the funds and yep. the support to be able to do... Yep. those kind of studies yeah yeah so you know you you, you got to work with what you with you what gotta you got to work have. with what you got don't you yeah, yeah. No, that, that's yep. absolutely true so yep. so let's go to the yellow gold okay let's go to liquid gold liquid, liquid gold <laughs> even. yes what about liquid gold in cats so probably the biggest issue well there's probably well mm. there are three probably main urinary issues in cats mm-hmm. a kidney disease uh bladder stones and then probably idiopathic cystitis. Indeed. I mean, we see other things, but they're yeah. not very common. Yeah. Um, Those are the big ones. And the kidney disease is very common, and as cats get older, it goes up dramatically. Um, stone disease is not that uncommon, and there has been a shift of different types over the years. Now it's sort of a mix between one of two types of stones that are 80 to 90% of the stones we see in cats mm-hmm. are either struvite in younger cats or calcium oxalate in older cats. Which is also a problem because calcium oxalate tends to occur as a kidney stone in cats, as in people. And so you have cats with chronic kidney disease who develop kidney mm. stones on top of it. Yeah. And then idiopathic cystitis is just that. We don't know what causes it. Still a mystery. And uh, it's kind of similar to interstitial cystitis in women, but not totally. But it tends to be more of a younger to middle-aged cat disease. It's self-limiting. And there's about 10% or less that have more chronic which are more similar to women, mm. more chronic changes. And although we don't know the cause, what do you think is the cause? I don't cats? think there's one cause. I don't think I don't think there's one cause either. I think the problem is we kind of have an idea of several things, and we just don't have the test to prove which cats have this versus that. Mm-hmm. So probably the two big causes that have been proposed are a stress-associated neuro, a central nervous system disorder, mm. um, maybe due to develop during their development phase and then the other is a viral um, etiology and in fact in women with idiopathic interstitial cystitis they cannot have um, a viral herpes virus and we just don't have a way of looking for that if they have it, it's herpes viral cystitis it's not idiopathic interstitial cystitis and there's some evidence to say that cats may have a urinary Khaleesi virus right and what role that plays but I think once we get a test to say 100 cats with these signs at these age, X percent have viral disease. Mm. Then you go, well, they're not idiopathic, they're viral. Um, and then that's been the problem is, uh, over the course of decades, is we didn't have the diet, we did not have the diagnostic test. So every cat who peed all over the place with blood in the urine became a syndrome cat, a urologic mm. syndrome cat, until people started looking, going, no, these cats have stones, mm. or these cats have infections, or these cats have something else. And we've been able to make that easier to find. It's just these other things now yeah. at more of a cellular level that we don't yeah. have to test yet. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit is 
done, right? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're left now with yeah, the, and the we're stuff left that's with harder this, to tease out. With this other thing, is it a stress-related, <clears throat> yeah. neurologic, neurogenic problem, or yeah. is it a viral? And, and even then, when we get those tests, whatever those tests become, there's going to be this group of cats. We still have no idea why they do what they do. Yeah. So thank you, Joe, oh. <laughs> for, uh, for being here for the first one. Uh, we'll have you back in two weeks, which is going to be awesome. Um, and this has been quite a revealing podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Yeah, so. yeah, we have and not uh, been shy about talking about pee. lots of things. So we have, didn't I, talk hardly anything about <laughs> pee. I do have one Maybe question for enough. you. What is a kutsu cooler? <laughs> oh, it was grain alcohol with uh, leaves of kudzu in it, if I remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's the problem, is I don't totally remember. It, it, yeah. it's, it's a bad combination. It was sweet. I remember that. Oh, that's right. They, I think there was juice or some limes, <laughs> lemons. I don't remember. There, there was fruit in it, too. Sounds yes. appetizing. Yeah. Uh, kudzu kudzu is, uh, is that plant. That I know what it is. That's why it sounds appetizing. So the drink that you owe us, it cannot be a kudzu cooler. Oh, I don't know if I can get kudzu out here. Um, so. No, no, we're okay. But anyway, thank you yeah. so much. Okay. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Joe. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirkenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at HerPodcast. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at Cat Pet Susan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomate of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GBE. TSX. 